the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day, and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead, and I am a California bar-admitted attorney, and I'm also a bankruptcy law certified specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. So, in addition to my JD, I'm also a master of the laws of taxation law and a master of the laws of intellectual property laws. Now, both of these great master's degrees in law were obtained from my favorite alma mater, Golden Gate University School of Law, which is located in the always beautiful downtown San Francisco. And because of my training, my experience, my lifelong interests, and just, I think it's compatible with my nature and my personality. As such, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. I also do debt wealth management outside of bankruptcy, as well as estates and trusts, real estate, and of course, taxation law. And I'm proud to say once again, that as part of my practice, I sometimes have the opportunity to represent seniors. And in doing my investigation, I sometimes find that people have not treated them very respectfully, uh, that is to say, dealing with their finances, and some people have actually attempted to and have absconded with some of the assets of these seniors, and that just doesn't make me very happy. So as part of my practice, I sometimes have an opportunity to seek out and at least attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors, and um, Financial elder abuse is a terrible scourge on our society and in our economy. It's just like taking money or cookies from your grandma. You don't do that. That's not right. So that's why I include that as part of my practice. Now, I'm coming to you again today in voluntary lockdown because of what's going on outside. And so I'm in my makeshift studio that I come to like more and more each week and um, it's in the beautiful city of Oakland, my, my other favorite city in California. And I come to you today to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting individuals, families, and small business owners. However, I must once again preface my remarks by saying that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information, 
to from me to you that might be helpful as you begin your search for more detailed information that is tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances. And hopefully this show can provide at least a general outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find qualified professional help. I do this because I believe if you're dealing with a legal issue, especially one dealing with your finances, your money, your house, access to your car, the money that you set aside for your children's education, you need qualified professional help. And if you don't have that, it's like taking a butter knife to a gunfight. And again, that's because everybody else in the courtroom, including the judge, and his or her law clerk, who might or might not be in the courtroom, all of the uh, parties on the other side will be lawyers. And there you are, you know, they're going to be packing and there you are going to be with your butter knife. And I say, even if you sharpen your butter knife, you know, it's just not a good thing to take a butter knife to a gunfight unless you're going to be serving toast as opposed to trying to represent yourself in a legal matter. And because you're taking a butter knife to a gunfight, uh, I use the analogy, it's like your righteous claims and your valid defenses are likely going to see the promised land way before you do. So, you know, learn about the area of law, you know, and it's good for you to practice. But if you run into financial issues, if you run it related to the law, you need to seek out and find qualified professional help to help you. So, again... Uh, In case you haven't guessed it, the purpose of Selwyn's Law is to discuss the law related to your money and more probably these days, the lack thereof and your overall finances and what you may need to consider to protect your and or your families and or your small businesses, financial health, wealth and money related well-being as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening education form. So today we are going to continue our discussion of bankruptcy. And again, why bother? Bankruptcy is boring to everybody except me. Well, well, there's other people that it's not boring to as well, including bankruptcy judges and other uh, attorneys that practice here. But most uh, people say, I don't want to be bothered with bankruptcy. That means I lose everything. That means I've, I've, I'm a loser. Uh, and no, sometimes people who file for bankruptcy, although they might be losers, they come out ahead. And so the idea is for you to think about bankruptcy, especially now. You know, we're in a a pandemic, a health pandemic, but we're also in an economic one as well that's related to the pandemic because people are being laid off. Businesses are folding because they don't have customers. And so we need to take this calm before the storm to learn about bankruptcy. And um, that way we can prepare ourselves in case it might be something that we need to do, or maybe somebody in our family needs to do, or maybe it's what we need to do with our small business so we can salvage what we can and then move forward uh, and and get a fresh start without being burdened with debt. So again, and that's basically why uh, we file for bankruptcies, because unfortunately, as often happens in an economic downturn, individuals, companies, Even governmental entities, uh, subunits find themselves in a position where they're unable to pay their debt as they come due, also known as financial distress. And where the debts are so large that they create a great deal of hardship, we need to find a legal and logical way to get out from up under. 
Now, sometimes the financial distress or hardship is caused by the debtor's fault, where, for example, we gamble our money away or we make improvident financial decisions. And sometimes the hardship is not our fault. You know, we can have unanticipated medical expenses. It's not covered by insurance, although the policy says it should be. Uh, Or we suffer a divorce, and many of us have, and we have to get on with it. And we end up having multiple families that we need to contribute to. And that's, although, you know, some people want to blame us for it, but sometimes it happens. We're we're human beings. And sometimes um, the distress is caused by misplaced trust in a business associate who commits embezzlement, runs off with all our money, and we're left there holding the bag. Or sometimes it's just a vindictive person who has control over our, over our finances, and they want to do what they can to harm us. But no matter the reason, regardless of the reason that caused the distress, there are laws on the book. And in fact, there's a big law that's on our big book of laws in our um, Constitution, Article 1, Section 8 of the United States Constitution that sets in play a method, a process for uniform laws on the subject of bankruptcies uh, to make them more uniform in every state of the union. And it's manifest currently by the United States Bankruptcy Code, the Federal Rules of Bankruptcy Procedures, along with the appropriate federal and state codes and statutes, as well as federal and state case law. Now, bankruptcy is a legal procedure that can be used by individuals, companies, and governmental entities who find themselves insolvent. That is to say, they owe more money than they, than they can pay, or they don't ha- generate the income that's necessary to cover the debt service. So bankruptcy allows a debtor to be released, be released from all or part of her debt. However, bankruptcy can also be used by individuals and governmental subunits and companies who may be solvent on paper, meaning your assets are more than your liabilities, but sometimes your assets are not liquid enough for you to be able to turn that uh, uh, turn your asset into a payment to satisfy your creditors. And so bankruptcy can be used for uh, both solvent and insolvent debtors as long as the purpose of the bankruptcy has a the purpose is valid, it's ethical, and it's legal. And that's why uh, I believe that individuals and entities that are having financial distress need to discuss the validity of a potential bankruptcy with someone that knows about bankruptcy. And that's another reason why. If you just do it willy-nilly, you might end up harming yourself. So let me give an example. A debtor owes $10,000 to a creditor who's threatening to sue. The debtor um, is on a fixed income. The debtor can't come up with the $10,000 right away. The debtor doesn't have family or friends, and the debtor is not working anymore and only gets Social Security. But the debtor worked really hard before she retired, and she owns real estate with substantial equity in it. Now, some um, know-nothing that's part of the debtor's community, I say, well, you could file for bankruptcy and you don't have to pay the $10,000. Well, if the debtor files a Chapter 7 bankruptcy with substantial equity in her home, 
a Chapter 7 trustee is going to take over uh, that debt, that, that process. The debtor will show up in court or show up at the 341 hearing, but um, the Chapter 7 trustee is charged with liquidating the debtor's at non-exempt assets and turning them over to creditors. So while the debtor's $10,000 uh, uh, creditor was threatening to sue, she has other creditors as well who were threatening to sue, and the trustee will likely be able to sell that person's home and give her her um, exemption and then give the rest of the money to the creditors after she takes out her commission. So that's why people need to consult with bankruptcy counsel before they make that drastic step. And I got to tell you, I've come into some cases where that's already been the process. So uh, uh, we're going to talk about the key players uh, when we come back on the other side. But for right now, we're going to take a short break. So please stay tuned. Back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion of bankruptcy during this time of a health pandemic and a financial pandemic. Again, we're having these discussions because we need to prepare ourselves for when we no longer get the extra $600 a month. Uh, that our, our, our government tacked onto our unemployment compensation. That's going to expire at the end of this month unless Congress does something. And I got to tell you, uh, I watched what's going on in Congress and I, I get a big headache. So then I turn off the, the news. Um, and then also um, state and local governments have implemented moratoriums on uh, evictions and foreclosures, but those are going to come to an end soon. Hopefully they'll be extended. Hopefully the $600 a week will be extended, but we need to take this time while we get that um, $600 a week. And while there's still an eviction uh, moratorium and a foreclosure moratorium going on to think about what we're going to do when that comes to an end. So I've talked about the key players in the bankruptcy process. Again, there's the debtor or the debtors. And then the debtor's creditors, there's likely more than one, then the debtor should have an attorney. And I've shared with that, shared with you why I think that's important. Because the debtor's creditors will be represented by counsel. And then last week, I focused a lot of energy on the bankruptcy court. Now, that's the court that handles disputes. Now, if there's no disputes and people don't file motions, um, then um, there won't be anything for the judge to um, make a ruling on except for he or she has a duty before um, he or she signs off and confirms a plan of reorganization in a chapter 11, 12, or 13 um, uh, that the um, the bankruptcy and all of the procedures and processes that have under uh, that the debtor has undergone are proper and kosher. So you know the the bankruptcy judge's signature on your on the order confirming your plan and giving you a discharge is key, and that's why 
I'm going to focus some energy today on uh, the group of attorneys and um, uh, lay people and um, accountants and um, financial specialists who help the judge make the decision as to whether or not the um, bankruptcy was uh, um, filed in good faith. Plans of reorganization were done according to Hoyle, and the debtor is entitled to a discharge. And that group of people is the Office of the United States Trustee, which is a subunit of the Department of Justice, and whose job, along with the other officers of the court, and I, as a bankruptcy attorney, am an officer of the court, so I can't uh, you know, be involved in, in hinky stuff. Hinky is a highly technical term for something that smells like a rat. And so the Department of Justice and the Office of the U.S. Trustee, they are the police force that strives to um, maintain the integrity of the bankruptcy process. So I'm going to share with you from my source material today some of the, um, the background on the Office of the U.S. Trustee. Because if you are a, in a Chapter 13 or a Chapter 12 or if you're in a Chapter 7, a, a panel trustee is going to be involved in your case. And you might not necessarily see or even hear from um, the United States trustee. But they're in the background because they help select those trustees. And if you're in a Chapter 11... Um, the Office of the United States Trustee will come into your case and be a party and will be represented by um, counsel in that case to have an even um, closer look and a, a cl- more input into the process. And so even though you might not ever see these folks, you need to know who they are because they have the ability to have your case booted and, and sometimes getting it booted is the best thing that happens, but they also can prosecute you for uh, a criminal activity. And um, uh, what comes to mind is, you know, um, television personalities that get involved in bankruptcy for um, nefarious or untoward reasons. And I, what comes to mind is a, the couple that was on that television show, Real Housewives, um, they ended up... Um, being um, charged with bankruptcy fraud. And as I recall, they both did time. The, the, the woman who was the, the star of the show or one of the stars of the show and her husband because they filed for bankruptcy. So uh, we need to be, um, we don't need to be afraid. <laughs> I don't believe in fear. I just believe in recognizing uh, the potential for um, sanctions, uh, let's let's put it this that way. So let's let's talk about the United States Trustee Program, and you can Google the United States Trustee Program and and go and get this material and read it for yourself if you're contemplating filing for bankruptcy, especially if there was something again my my term hinky in the way that you obtained your credit and the way you treated your creditors, and um, you now want to run into bankruptcy court to um, make your creditors go away. Uh, so hinky does not mean you're being, doing something that was stupid or improvident. Hinky means, my, my definition, what I'm using with you today, means that you intentionally, willfully, with knowledge, 
basically tried to, um, I'm not going to use that word, to, to harm your creditors. Okay? So the United States Trustee Program is a component of the Department of Justice that seeks to promote the efficiency and to protect the integrity of the federal bankruptcy system. To further the public interest in the just, speedy, and economical resolution of cases filed under the bankruptcy code, the program monitors the conduct of bankruptcy parties and private estate trustees, oversees the related administrative functions, and acts to ensure compliance with applicable laws and procedures. It also identifies and helps investigate bankruptcy, fraud, and abuse in coordination with the United States Attorneys and the Federal Bureau of Investigation and other law enforcement agencies. So these folks aren't playing. Um, You need to know about this so you can take it seriously. Now, here's a bit about the background. The program was established by the Bankruptcy Reform Act of 1978 as a pilot effort encompassing 18 districts, federal district court districts where bankruptcy courts are. It was expanded to 21 regional uh, regions nationwide covering all federal uh, jurisdictions, except for Alabama and North Carolina. And um, the primary role of the trustee program is to serve as the watchdog over the bankruptcy process. Uh, as stated in its mission statement, the mission of the United States program, uh, trustees program is to promote integrity and efficiency of the bankruptcy system for the benefit of all stakeholders, including debtors, their creditors, and the general public. Because the general public are taxpayers who pay the salaries of the folks for the United States trustee program. Now, they also collect fees from Chapter 11 uh, bankruptcy cases, but the public has a vested interest in a fair and efficient bankruptcy process because it's part of our Constitution. The Attorney General is charged with the appointment of the United States trustees and assistant trustees, and the Executive Office of the United States trustee in Washington, D.C., provides general policy and legal guidance. He he is, it's a gentleman now, oversees the program's substantive operation and handles administrative functions. Okay? The principal duties of the United States trustee under the bankruptcy code. Under the liquidating Chapter 7, those are uh, chapters where uh, a debtor exchanges her non-exempt assets for a get-out-of-jail-free card called discharge, um, the Office of the U.S. Trustee impanels those trustees. And then in Chapter 11, I do, I do quite a few small business Chapter 11s, um, the Chapter 11, uh, there is actually a participant in each of those cases that's part of the process. And in those cases, you know, for my clients, I try to work with the uh, Chapter 11 um, uh, trial attorney or whoever and their staff to make sure that the process goes smoothly. So again, my intent today is not to scare anybody unless I can scare you to go straight, but it's to just inform you that this is a serious matter. When you file for bankruptcy It's a public matter, uh, people will be involved in looking over your shoulder to make you do the right thing. 
So I tell my clients they need to step correct if they want to file a bankruptcy because there are going to be people there to smack you on the rear end if you don't do the right thing. And the primary part that's going to do that is the Office of the United States Trustee. So with that, I'm going to leave it there for now. And when we come back, we'll go on to the next parties involved in the bankruptcy. So we'll be schooled so we'll know what to do if we need to file for bankruptcy. But as always, in closing here at Owens Law, we want to stay on the right side of the law, including following all of the rules and procedures of the bankruptcy code and the um, uh, federal rules of bankruptcy procedures, state and local laws, such that we don't wake up one morning and find the office of the U.S. trustee or the FBI or U.S. attorney coming after us because we've done something untoward and taken advantage of the system. So till next time, take care. Bye for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. 